This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm your host, Katie Olmsted, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. As the new year gets underway and a new Congress is getting seated, OEA members are being urged to contact their federal lawmakers about a very important issue, GPO-WEP. That's actually two laws, the Government Pension Offset, GPO, and the Windfall Elimination Provision, WEP, or WEP, both impacting how much Social Security public sector workers like educators can get when they retire if they also worked a private sector job that paid into Social Security sometime in their careers. It also affects people whose late spouses worked in a private sector job that would have otherwise entitled them to a certain amount of money in Social Security survivor benefits. Because educators in Ohio and just over a dozen other states don't pay into Social Security from their teaching or education support professional paychecks, they get hit hard by a decades-old formula, the result of some guessing by Congress when the laws were passed, that leaves them with a fraction of what they would otherwise be owed. Judy Novak, who spent most of her 36-year career as a special education teacher in Mansfield City Schools, is one of many, many retired educators who are losing out because of the GPO WEP issue in Ohio. We'll hear from her in just a little bit. But first, we asked OEA Secretary-Treasurer Mark Hill to help us really understand what's going on. Mark Hill, a pleasure as always to sit down with you. What can you tell me about GPO WEP, WEP? Yeah, so that's a pretty thorny topic and there are two fairly complicated ideas. But I think if you looked at both of them, the essential question on both sides of each issue is what's fair? So WEP stands for Windfall Elimination Provision. It was passed in the 1982 reform of uh, Social Security, uh, back known as the Greenspan Commission. And the idea was prior to that time, folks who worked both in non-covered positions, in other words, like us, in 15 states, uh, public employees do not pay into Social Security. Um, It varies in each of the states. Like Ohio, it's 97% of government workers do not pay into Social Security. In other states, it just depends on, like, mostly uniform services, fire and police. They have their own pensions or they are part of Social Security. So uh, the windfall elimination provision is if somebody works in a government position where they are in a pension that hasn't been where they were earned money that wasn't covered by Social Security in part of their career. But in the beginning of their career, they worked in Social Security. uh, The interaction of the benefits there is complicated um, because there is a formula for Social Security and the benefits there. And then there would be a formula for their pension that they would get. And the, and the formulas are, are way different. And what happens is if somebody works in a non-covered position after working in a Social Security position for a certain number of years, typically if they work in Social Security earlier, they have a lower level of earnings. So at the end of their careers, it looks to Social Security like you didn't make a lot of money uh, for the benefit. Um, And 
Social Security is a progressive formula, so it actually gives a higher level of benefit for lower levels of income, and then that level of benefit, uh, proportional level of income, reduces over time. So in other words, it, it favors people of, of lower income, um, and that should make sense because Everybody has a basic level of substance that they need with housing and food, and that's a different percentage of income, whether you're a high income earner or a low income earner. So uh, before the law was passed, people got both their pension from, from whatever they got in government, and they got whatever they got in Social Security, and it simply was added together. And that benefit was larger by a lot um, in some cases than they would have gotten if they were in Social Security there for their entire career. So the so as a measure to uh, shore up the funding of Social Security back in the 80s, they passed this rule that uh, reduces the amount of, of benefit you get based on your pension that you're getting from your government job that wasn't covered by Social Security. So, so at the end uh, of the day, we're talking about people who worked for years in a social security eligible job who, you know, then they went into teaching or some other public sector career paid right. into that pension. They're getting their pensions now. And for all of that money they ever put into social security, we're talking about, you know, a pittance of what they paid into social security. Yeah, they, they are definitely are not getting their full social security benefit that they otherwise would have gotten. And a lot of that is because of the way the formula works. So the problem with the rule and the, the reason that people are, is that it punishes lower and middle income folks. So we are talking about our education support professionals who work in schools and cafeteria workers. My mom uh, was, was one of those folks. And then teachers, you know, especially in, in parts of the, of our state who, have, uh, you know, their salary schedules, especially maybe lower, like in the southeast portion of the state as well. They're disproportionately affected by the WEP, yeah, for sure. Well, and how does that work for people, you know, especially those who are starting out uh, as teachers or in any of our education professions? Uh, the bottom end of our salary scales is low, and a lot of educators have a second job or sometimes even a third job. Right. If they're paying into Social Security while also paying into the pension system, does that mean they're just throwing their money away? <laughs> uh, I guess essentially it, it is. I mean, uh, you know, there's two sides of this. One is the people that say the WEP should remain, you know, or the, let's be clear, though, everybody agrees that the formulas are, un, you know, are imprecise. They're not fair. Um, there's a full repeal, which we're in favor of, you know, and there are others that say a full repeal would be too expensive and it would be unfair. Those folks say that, you know, the benefit they would have gotten is based on a lower level of income. So you wouldn't have gotten that much if you averaged out 35 years of, of lifetime income. Where, where we come in is like it really punishes, as you say, second career teachers and actually makes a job less attractive and it, it punishes our ESPs who, you know, may have worked in a social security position for a lot of years and then they end up picking up work as a cafeteria worker or a school secretary or bus driver. And uh, for those folks, yeah, it is it is a punishing move. And that's why we're in favor of full repeal. And now more than ever, we really need to be trying to make education a more attractive second career. We are dealing with recruitment and retention crises 
uh, both for our ESPs and for our teachers around the state. If you make it so that you lose your social security benefits by entering the education field, that's got to be kind of a hit against that. Sure. I mean, if somebody's thinking about retirement planning and they are aware of this issue, it is going to make teaching less attractive because it looks like, well, I'm going to be in this pension and I'm not going to get full benefits from the pension until a, a certain amount of time. And that's going to cut back on the Social Security that I could earn in retirement as well. So maybe I'll look somewhere else because, you know, the, <laughs> the monetary punishment on top of the stresses of the job, you know, make it far less attractive to folks who want to switch careers. So what's the GPO side of this? So the government pension offset is uh, a separate animal, and that is for people who get survival, survivor or spousal benefits from Social Security. So the um, Social Security limits the amount of money that a spouse or a, well, first of all, let's go back on that. Social Security was designed in 1936 when you know the primary model for folks in a household was that there was one breadwinner and then a spouse at home, you know, not getting any benefit. So there was a social security spousal benefit for folks who, you know, were spouses who never worked in, in jobs as kind of recognition that they maybe raised, a, you know, a family and took care of a house in the old model of how things work. Um, and so you get a spousal benefit. But if somebody also worked, they would only they the benefit they would get from their from whatever their spouse was was either their own benefit or the spousal benefit, whichever was higher. So it's like you can't add them everything together because you would end up earning more than than what you would get from the formula paid in. So what the government pension offset was tried to replicate that. Um, for public sector workers who are not in covered positions with the same idea. It's called the dual income limitation. So it tried to replicate this dual income limitation for folks. So the, the issue is, though, government people who uh, get a government pension, it's just a two-thirds formula. So two-thirds, their Social Security benefit from a survive if they're the surviving spouse and they get survivor benefits, their benefit is reduced by two-thirds of whatever pension they get from their government job. So, for example, my mom, school secretary, my dad died in 2004. Um, afterwards, she was kind of expecting to get his Social Security survivor benefits. She did, but the survivor benefits were reduced by two thirds of her pension from the school employees retirement system, which, you know, ended up being like $300 a month is what she got on top of that. The, our argument is that the government pension offset is unfair because it punishes low and middle income workers. It, the formula, that two thirds formula really takes away a lot more and, and really um, it doesn't provide the same parity that, that somebody working in a social security system, you know, and getting survivor benefits for the, for the entirety of their career would have got. So that's that one. And at this point, Mark, I want to take a break from talking about what it is 
to, to really talk about how it impacts people. We're going to hear from Judy Novak. She is a retired educator who's now substitute teaching, um, who is getting the double whammy of having both paid into Social Security with her own paychecks, uh, with her second job, and also having the uh, GPO problem with uh, getting her husband's benefits. Let's take a listen. Judy Novak, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You retired in 2011. What have you been able to draw since then when it comes to those federal government benefits like Social Security and Medicare? I draw Medicare by paying my monthly fee for it, but I'm not drawing any Social Security money at this time. But you are owed some Social Security money. You were paying into Social Security throughout your career. Is that correct? Yes, because I was working at other jobs along with teaching. But when my husband passed away and I went up to see if I could get any benefits, I was told I could not get a widow's, a widow's pension because I was a teacher and that I wouldn't be able to draw anything for my husband's Social Security because I was a teacher and that mine would be very minimum. And the man at the time said, just he gave me the advice that if I were you, I would hold off unless you really need that money and see if they do away with the penalties on you. Got so it. So that's what I'm doing. So you you have a lot of eggs in that basket of our lawmakers really making the right decision and ending the um, government pension offset windfall elimination uh, provision, GPO yes. WEP. Um, what, what went through your head when you went to the Social Security office to get that widow's pension, and they told you you're not eligible. Well, I didn't even know that much about a widow's pension until somebody mentioned it. And that surprised me that I wasn't even eligible to get that because I was 60 at the time he passed away. So I was not eligible for any social security benefits at that time. What did your husband was, do for work? My husband was an inventor. And at the time he at the time he passed away, we were in the process of getting a manufacturing facility up and running, and his Social Security check was paying the least monthly payments. So when he passed away, I had to close the factory down, and we weren't able to pursue the business anymore. That must have been pretty devastating for you, on top of your loss. Right. Yeah. But I could not do the bit. I could not run the factory because he knew all the scientific things. He invented a machine to break down tires into syngas, carbon, and other fuels that could be used in the environment. Fascinating. Yeah, but more so, importantly, he he paid into Social Security his entire working career, and he was drawing on those benefits so that he was able to fund himself in his retirement in this new venture. He paid into the program so that you would be taken care of when he passed right. away. What would right. he have thought if he had found out that you weren't eligible for that money? Well, I think he kind of knew that I wasn't going to get all of it, but he didn't know that I would get just um, like none of his, that I would only be able to draw mine. Do you think that's fair? No, of course it's not fair. I mean, because I could not survive when I taught before I got married on a, a teaching salary. I had to work another job in order to, to pay rent. And in that job, you were paying into Social Security yourself. Right. So this is a story that I'm sure you are going to share when the NEA advisory cadre on GPO WEP meets. What are your expectations for that? 
Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to be able to do something, that we can finally get rid of, of this penalty law. And it's not just about you. It's about all of the other educators who should be entitled to the payments coming out of the system that their families have been paying into. Is that right? Correct. There are many, many teachers have second jobs and summer jobs and everything. And we've paid into that money, so it should be ours. What would you say to somebody who says, but you also get your pension through STRS? Isn't that enough? No, it's not, because I still paid into Social Security, so that's still my money. That's exactly right, Judy. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your continued advocacy around this issue. I think it's going to take all of us sharing stories like this so that our lawmakers in Washington understand the real impacts of GPO Web. Correct. Judy, thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Now back to Mark Hill, the secretary treasurer of the OEA. We mentioned in that conversation with Judy there that she is going to be taking part in NEA's GPO WEP cadre. You are also part of that task force. What is that and what are you guys going to be doing? Eliminating the windfall elimination provision government pension offset has been a long time policy for, for NEA. It's something that NEA has has favored full repeal of both for a great deal of time. Um, the problem is there's never been any action in either House of the Legislature. When I have personally spoken to Congress folks on both sides of the aisle, um, they profess, yeah, I'm I'm for full repeal, you know, because it affects. And the Republicans, they tend to be more sympathetic towards uniform services. You know, the Democrats tend to listen to their their uh, benefactors in terms of politics, but both of them have constituents uh, that are affected by this issue. So they say they're for full repeal, but nothing has actually come to pass. But this, I think this issue has continued to boil as more two income earners are affected by it. And um, so we actually have a few bills, one of which uh, got over 300 co-sponsors in the House of Representatives. That's H.R. 82, the Social Security Fairness Act. And actually, there is a companion bill in the Senate um, sponsored by Sherrod Brown of Ohio. Um, both of those are full repeal of the government pension offset and the windfall elimination provision. So, you know, th- over 300 co-sponsors in the House means that's a majority of the House. You know, both sides of the aisle have, have pitched into this issue. Um, and so there's an actual possibility of, if not full repeal, reform coming coming down the pike. And the idea of this, this task force that we have is for um, representative members from the 15 state affiliates affected by, by this or most affected by it would engage in lobbying of their congresspeople to try to uh, enact a change in the law and, and, and store, restore some fairness to the system. So what can the average educator or retired educator in Ohio do right now to help get this across the finish line? Uh, they should contact their congressmen and both senators. Of course, uh, you know, we'll have a new senator, J.D. Vance. We'll have uh, Sherrod Brown, our senator, um, who's been there now, senior senator from Ohio. Both of, both of them need to be contacted to um, to talk about, and I would say, Tell your personal story on that, on on how it affects you or how it affects somebody you know. Um, And uh, 
contact your congressperson and tell them you want H.R. 82 to come back in the new Congress and to be passed. And that's the thing with this. It really does affect you or someone you know. Everybody in education in Ohio just about is touched by this issue. One out of 10 Ohioans is a public school teacher. So there's there's one thing, right? Well, Mark, thank you very much for helping explain this all to us. It's pretty complicated, so we could have done an hour on that. You can always go to OEA's website to learn more about where OEA stands on the issues and how you can help advocate around the issues that matter most to our students, educators, and Ohio's public schools. The link is in the show notes to this episode. New Education Matters episodes drop every Thursday morning. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.